0: Love, talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL podcast. My name is Hatoon Wong, and I'm the editor in chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is my co-host from full press coverage, Rough District, and of course, right here on FGT. Trevor Stores! <laughs> How you doing, Trev? <laughs> is that good? I, I'm trying to. I'm ramping it up, man, from week to week. That was good. I look like I'm at a, I'm at a WWE pay <laughs> per view right now. Up, <laughs> we got to get some smoke it. in the background, some flashing yeah. lights. Maybe yeah. you can take a foldable chair and break it on the side of the wall or something. That'd be cool. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we got to go video, man. This is going to only work in video, I think. <laughs> um, So, But that being said, everybody... Joining us today is one of the football garbage time OGs from all the way back in 2015. It's Joey Alibro. How are you doing, Joey?
2: <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Uh, happy to be back uh, talking some football. Uh, it's been about a year and a half since I've been on the show, but uh, you know, yeah. since then, graduated from UGA. Uh, got my first my first big boy job as you could call it and uh, kind of get into a groove here so hopefully make some more appearances on podcasts and there so, so uh,
1: right yeah, go ahead. Joey so you're you're saying that we're small boys is that what you're saying we're kind of small
2: <laughs> <laughs> small boy stuff going on here I mean
1: I I don't doubt it I think that's probably right that's uh, probably right but uh, I appreciate the sentiment there Joey. And uh, great to have you back here. Uh, it's uh, like ever, like I said, Joey was one of those guys who kind of started with us at the beginning in 2015, and it has been a minute since you've been on the show, so it's great to get you back. And I trust you guys both had a great Thanksgiving and had way too much turkey. I'm assuming that's true for both of you. Okay, oh, sure. My my
2: uncles and cousins are Cowboys fans, so that was pretty uh, pretty rough for me. (laughs) That's brutal.
1: That's brutal. No amount of turkey is going to make that better. In fact, no amount of whatever wine you're drinking at a time is going to make that better, honestly. All right. We got plenty to talk about today, including the important Week 13 games, NFC East dominance, Mike White, and the New York Jets. Deshaun Watson's return to the Cleveland Browns, the surging Jacksonville Jaguars, updated AFC and NFC championship predictions, and much, much more. So, uh, what do we get this thing rolling? Okay, first up, something that's near and dear to both of your hearts is the NFC East, and. They are the NFC beasts right now because they're all in the playoffs. If the, if, the, if the season were to end today, amazingly, the Eagles will be first in the NFC. Uh, the Cowboys fifth, Giants sixth, and Washington Commanders there at seven. Uh, and interestingly, the way it would line up in terms of games, none of them would play each other. It would be it would be NFC East teams in each of the playoff games. The, of course, the Eagles will get the bye, and none of them will play each other. So that'd be, it, you could actually have – um a situation where you get to the next divisional round playoffs and it'd be all nfc east wouldn't that be crazy um so let's talk about that a little bit trev let's start with you i know obviously everyone knows that you're bringing the commanders to the show you're bringing the command to the show here um but i know you follow the nfc east really closely as well so Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts here is this a likely scenario for the nfc east and the commanders in particular
0: um Yes and no, but more realistically, no, just because based on history and being a fan, um, I think this <laughs> is the point of the season where the Giants and the Commanders could both start to fizzle out after having a great mm-hmm. year. And it's what we do. Um, right, just right. Well, at the same time, it's a different year, I feel like it. Uh, we're all we're the best division after being the worst division in the year. So, like, I mean, it's totally possible, but just based off history and being realistic, it's not really going to happen. We're going to have probably the Eagles and Cowboys representing the NFC East this year, but hopefully that changes.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the interesting thing about that, Trev, is that the commanders and the giants, and I'm going to let Joey sound off about the giants in a minute, but they're kind of heading in different directions right now, right? The commanders are on a Mm -hmm. a three game win streak um, and have actually closed the differential between their points for and points against. It's only minus three. Now it used to be much, much worse than that. I'll (laughs) I'll tell you Um, the giants. On the other hand, their point differential has expanded. It's about the same at minus seven, but it was actually much, much better than that uh, coming into the last four games. And in particular, it is the last two games being a two-game losing streak here. So they're kind of heading in opposite directions in a way. And they're, they're, I mean, compared to the Eagles and the Cowboys, the Eagles are sitting there at 10-1 and 1 with a point differential of plus 87. The Cowboys at 8-3 and 3 with a differential even better than that, plus 92 based on a really dominant defense. So it's almost a tale of two sets of teams but only maybe three situations so Joey let me give you a minute to sound off on that defend your Giants will you and tell me what about the NFC East are they gonna make the playoffs <laughs>
2: uh just in general for the NFC East I don't I like like Trevor said I don't picture uh all four of us getting in there I think the Eagles and the Cowboys are locked especially after I after watching the Giants and the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving <laughs> they're truly I- dominant I'm um, actually looking forward to that matchup between the Eagles and the Cowboys that are second of the year on Christmas Eve, uh, That afternoon game then that Saturday. Yeah. Uh, that will be a fun one. Um, but the Commanders and the Giants both have pretty difficult schedules remaining, including two games against each other. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, the Commanders play the Giants two games in a row, so they play us mm-hmm. Sunday, and then they have a bye week, and then the Giants travel to Washington uh, yep. to play them again. Yeah. Uh, so that's definitely interesting. And then just other opponents, Giants have the Vikings, the Colts, and then the Eagles twice as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's a pretty rough stretch of games. Um, and then the Commanders also have the 49ers, the Browns, and the Cowboys to close out the season. Um, yep. So realistically, it might be more likely that both of these teams miss the playoffs than um, all all of them make it. Right. Um, right. I think. Um, the game Sunday is going to be huge for both teams, probably the biggest game of the season for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially the one coming out of the bye for the commanders. Um, if they're not able to get the one uh, in New Jersey against the giants, they'd have to win that game coming out of the buy uh, to even really stand a chance in the wild card picture. Uh, mm-hmm. And then just to kind of defend my giants a little bit, we have lost an astonishing amount of players to injuries uh, this season alone. Uh, starting right tackle we're down to our fourth starting left guard uh of the year against the cowboys uh starting edge rushers two starting corners starting free mm-hmm. safety starting receivers just everywhere yep. the, is the just completely team. diminished it, diminished um right but uh, we got some guys coming back against the commanders uh this sunday particularly Aziz Ojulari, the, the uh edge rusher that plays across from cave thibodeau um and then we also have Evan Neal, the the first round rookie right tackle, um, coming back as well. So uh, hopefully uh, it'll be a good game. Uh, rooting for that um, for sure. All the Giants games this year have been extremely close. Um, trying to give me a, a heart attack at the ripe young age <laughs> of twenty three. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, well. but it's been a fun season. And, and either way, I think uh, I think this division is going to be good going forward as well. A lot of young talent.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is that, and this is in, in line with both of what you just said, but I don't know if there's anybody else in the NFC, NFC at all who want to make the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem, right? Sure. I mean, you got the Seahawks and the Falcons, and then you got the Lions, Packers. They're down there at four wins. Uh, I mean, there's a pretty big drop-off after that. I mean, so the Seahawks are contending at six and five. The Falcons, five and seven, probably contending for the NFC South against the Buccaneers at five and six. And then there's a a drop-off. There's a bunch of four-win teams, Uh and then there's the Rams and the Bears at three wins. There's there's a huge drop-off there. And the way I see it, although you guys probably will – I mean, if one of you wins both games, that will be the team that makes the playoffs. The other team will probably miss it. If you split it, I I can see you guys both making it. So uh, I'm just saying uh, there's not a lot of competition at NFC right now. (laughs) All the competitions in the AFC. All right. Well, that's some good info there. And who knows what's going to happen there, but it's going to be really interesting. And I already can tell that that's a game that both of you think are incredibly important coming up uh, next week uh, and week 13, which uh, I will certainly be keeping a close eye on. Uh, But let's go ahead and hit the boxing bell on that one. And let's go on to our next topic, because I want to talk about how Mike White, who uh, took over for the uh, 2021 first round drafted quarterback, Zach Wilson, managed to absolutely decimate my Bears. Uh, he was dominant, completing 22 of 28 passes with 315 yards and three touchdowns for a QB passer rating of 149.3. Of course, like I said, they're playing against the Bears in their last ranked pass defense, so take it for grain of salt. And the Bears obviously also starting their perennial backup, Trevor, Trevor Simeon, under, under center. Uh, that's someone that Trev, you should not be proud to be sharing a name with. Uh, what do you think here, Trev? <laughs> Mike White is he the answer for the New York Jets, or is this the last we seen of Zach Wilson?
0: I think they should. I think this is not the last we see of Zach Wilson. He'll play again this year because the Jets will probably somehow end up with a losing record and they're like whatever. <laughs> right. um, they might as well just go ahead and put Flacco in next week and just have all three play. Just rotate him for the rest of the rest of the season. Zach yeah, plays, sure. plays oh. Mike White plays. Zach plays, <laughs> plays. I mean, you're, yeah. you're Bears, it was against the Bears, you were decimated before the game because of injuries and lack of really talent, honestly. That's no, like, offense, but, like, you guys are,
2: no, we have no talent.
0: Kids, have no <laughs> talent <but laughs> right. It wasn't, you guys are already decimated. Um, Mike will play again until he has a bad game throwing three picks or four picks and Zach will, will have a chance again or Flacco might come in because they might think that Zach is pleased to be in timeout again and then they'll, they'll bring him back out and play the rest of the season. So, That's just a weird, weird, confusing organization right now. Just when you thought that Jets were going to turn turn the corner and be relevant again, they crap on themselves and do this. (laughs) (laughs) It is a very Jets
1: thing to do, for sure. So I wouldn't be surprised if that that happens. Who knows? yeah, and they're doing great striking out on first-round draft pick quarterbacks. So we'll see yeah. what happens. I, I I, I'm going to predict that Zach Wilson ends up getting traded to the Carolina Panthers because they love taking all the oh. leftovers because that's what, that's what the Panthers love to do. Let's take the leftovers, uh, and maybe, we'll, maybe they'll be better with us. Oh, no, they're not. Uh, no. Sam Darnold,
2: Baker Mayfield, and others. All right, yeah.
1: so uh, what do you think here, uh, Joey? Mike White, answer for the New York Jets?
2: Uh, really, I think the win over the Bears and, and his stat line says more about Zach Wilson than I think it does of Mike White. That mm-hmm. that Shanahan coaching tree offenses, so like Michael LeFleur is the office coordinator there in, in New York. Um, they really spoon feed their quarterbacks. There's a lot of motion. There's a lot of quick game stuff. There's a lot of play action. Um and it works when you just have like an average to an above average guy. It works. You know, mm-hmm. Jimmy G in, in San Francisco, he's not a world leader by any means, but when you have a great quarterback, it like works even better. You know, Rogers with the two straight MVPs under Matt LaFleur. Mm-hmm. Um the sure. Rams obviously won a Super Bowl and Matt Stafford had a had a pretty great season last year. Mm-hmm. Um But the fact that Mike White could step in and do something that Wilson hasn't done uh, uh, in his career to this point, which is throw three touchdowns uh, in a single game, kind of speaks volumes about uh, Zach Wilson more than does Mike White, right? And um, I saw some people in the media kind of giving too much credit to Robert Saleh and Joe Douglas. You know, oh, like proud of them for benching Zach Wilson. I was like, these guys evaluated in drafted him. Why are we yeah. <laughs> why they got they got it wrong and just because you admit you got it wrong doesn't mean you should get a pat on the back for it. So that's kinda of <laughs> right. annoying to see, you know, I'm a jet hater anyway, but um right. They've got a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball, obviously Stiles Gardner. Um, so they've been kind of fun to watch this season, uh, but we'll always kind of prey on their downfall a little bit there.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and they, and they tend to do it. Like, like Trev says, Jet, the Jets will find a way to screw this up. That's what they do. So we'll see what happens there. Let's hit the boxing doll on that one. Let's talk about our next topic here, and that is the NFC South. So we talked about the uh, NFC East, which we used to call the NFC Least, is now the NFC Beast. Now we get the NFC South. I don't know what to call them. Uh, I would barely want to call them football at this point because they are horrible. So we got the Buccaneers up there at five and six. We got the Atlanta Falcons at five and seven, the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints at four and eight apiece. All of them with negative point differentials, all of them just absolutely horrible. Um, what are your thoughts here, Trev, on the NFC South? Who's going to end up winning that division? Tom Brady
0: is going to end up winning that division. It's so weird yeah. that the Panthers have beaten them what twice already and they're still yep. not winning. It's so weird. It's so weird. But <laughs> Tom Brady, he'll get turned around. Maybe not enough to make a good playoff run, but at least to win a division and make an appearance in the playoffs. I mean, it is Tom Brady. They won a Super Bowl. They have a roster of people who have been there before. Um, I just don't see Baker Mayfield slash Sam Darnold winning the division. I don't see... Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston win the division. And I don't see Marcus Mariota. We just played on Sunday win the division. So it's got to be a clear cut Tom Brady. I mean, it's Tom
1: Brady. And I I obviously agree with that because I have Tom Brady actually finding a way to make it to the NFC championship game. Basically, Tom Brady. But that being (laughs) said, I know, I know, I know. I feel kind of dirty even saying that, honestly. Even (laughs) thinking it makes me feel kind of gross. I feel like I have to take a shower now. But anyway, Joey, what do you think about the NFC South? Who's going to take that?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, Tampa's really the obvious answer here. just leaps and bounds ahead of any other team in that division talent-wise. Like, the record may not reflect it. Only five wins this year so far. Uh, But like Trevor said, I don't see Carolina, Atlanta, or New Orleans making any sort of legitimate run at the playoffs. All three are basically borderline unwatchable. Uh, (laughs) Like, Marcus Mariota, Andy Dalton, Sam Darnold, not... Not Ooh. watchable on television. Mm. That that is a game I will turn off instantly, and it's yeah. a shame <laughs> that I have to sometimes like the local market. I'm in Atlanta, has sometimes Falcons right. games, so uh, I have to tune in sometimes. But uh, uh, yeah, not. Not rolling with anybody else except Tampa. I don't think I agree with you on the NFC Championship run for them, but uh, no. they'll probably take the division pretty easily.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sure. All right. Bold, bold prediction by me. That's I admit it. And, uh, and of course, it's kind of funny because I look at their winning percentages, and, I, and when I see it for the NFC South, I think, man, that would be a really good bat average, you know? <laughs> but it's right. not a good winning percentage for the NFL. You know, 455, 417, and then a pair of – uh, yeah, you'd have to be killing it in MLB, but um, not – in football for winning percentage there. All right. So that's our NFC South discussion. Hit the bell. We're rolling right along because there's some big news about Deshaun Watson. He's just finished serving his 11-game suspension for violating the league's personal conduct policy for committing sexual assault as defined by the NFL, a massage therapist. He also had to pay $5 million in fines and undergo a mandatory treatment program. Watson's return Sunday against his former team, the Houston Texans will mark exactly 700 days since he last played in a regular season game, which was with the Texans on January 3rd of 2021. The Browns traded for Watson in March, sending the Texans three first round draft picks. Cleveland then signed Watson to a five-year deal worth $230 million guaranteed. The richest mm. contract in NFL history. All right, Trev. We've talked about Watson before, um, and now he's going to actually play for the Browns. What do you think? Is this going to turn the Browns around, or is this just basically sunk season for them? I think
0: it might actually turn the Browns around a little bit. Um, he's been to practice for a few, well, a couple of weeks, not a week now, so he has some kind of chemistry already started to build. Um, mm. He's the son Watson. Uh, he was he led the league in passing at the Houston Texans with, like, 4,000 the last time he really played. So, like, mm-hmm. he's an obvious caller. Uh, Dabo said he's the Michael Jordan of, of football. I don't know about that, but he's very, very good. <laughs> right. um, pair him with Mari Cooper, that's going to be nice. Um, yeah. The add to the rushing attack of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, that's going to be nice. Um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, this, I, I think, what, they're 4-7 and seven now? So, I don't really know the yeah. rest of the AFC playoff picture, so I don't know what their chances are but he definitely if they have a chance he definitely enhances their chance by coming back so it is what it is
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see and of course the Browns had that really um exciting win uh last weekend but that we'll talk about that in a minute so uh Joey what do you think here the impact of Deshaun Watson and the Browns
2: yeah honestly I think it's too little too late at this point I think for any realistic shot at the playoffs they probably needed to be a little bit closer to 500 at this point in the season um there's too many teams ahead of them, including the entirety of the AFC East, uh, which I was going to mention when we we're talking about the NFC East, I think <laughs> it might be, might be a little bit more plausible for all four of those teams to get in than four NFC East teams. All those teams are, are extremely talented. Um, maybe not the Jets, but <laughs> we'll go back on that one. Um, like you said, his first game in 700 days, um, he didn't exactly look accustomed to the Browns offense in the preseason either. I know he's got a couple more weeks of practice under his belt. I think in the preseason he went like one of five passing or one of seven passing, something like that. Um, so didn't really find his rhythm then. Um, they probably finished the season around eight and nine, get a, um, like four more wins and was probably optimistic at this point. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that was probably the outlook the team had from the start of the season, just kick the can uh, to 2023. Um, see what you can do in the draft and free agency, whatever. Um, and that was probably the plan all along.
1: Yeah. I think from a practical perspective, I totally agree with you, Joey, but from a football fan perspective, I'm hoping that uh, Travis right and it ignites those Browns because they were really <laughs> exciting this last weekend. Uh, and, yeah. and, you know, it was behind the, it was behind Jacoby Brissett and Nick Chubb and all. And that was fun. Um, and I'm interested to see what happens here, what they bought for $230 million, which, um, Gee whiz, you know, I can't even think about what that feels like. That's 23 million dollars guaranteed. Yeah, that's, nuts. that's nuts. That's nuts. That's that's uh that's nuts. Anyway, so let's go ahead and uh, hit the bell on that one because I want to talk about next another up and comer, and that's Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Lamar Jackson, obviously, put the Ravens up to 27-20, with 2 2 left to play against the Jags this last weekend. And the Jags needed a 75-yard drive with no timeouts, which turned out to be no problem for Lawrence and company as they overcame a third and 21 and a fourth down and got Marvin Jones a shin-dragging touchdown and Zay Jones a two-point conversion. Talk about just is there. And even with all that, Justin Tucker still had a chance to win it for the Ravens. We have a 67-yard field goal, which, by the way, would have been uh, broken, would have broken his own record of the longest field goal in NFL history of 66 yards. Uh, but he missed it by about maybe one and a half or two yards, which he was dead on, just didn't quite get there. And he was lamenting that after the game because during warm-ups, he was regularly hitting from 70 yards. So can you believe that if he actually managed to hit that one? But that being said, Jaguars managed to do it. And interesting stat here, the Jaguars... They've trailed by a touchdown or more in the last minute of regulation 183 times in the history of that franchise.
2: 183
1: wow. times they've trailed by a TD or more in the last minute of the regulation. Uh, Trev and um, Joey, how many times do you think they managed to come back and win? Four times. Okay.
2: I'll, I'll roll with four as well.
1: It was zero times, none times, <laughs> none times. They've never been able to come back and win. This is the first time ever that they've ever they trailed by a TD or more in the last-minute regulation and actually won. Isn't that amazing? Oh, wow. I was shocked when I saw that. I was shocked. But, hey, what does this say about Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars? Have they turned the corner of this? Is this the future? Are they trending up? Trev, what do you think?
0: I mean, they turned the corner of that stat particularly right there. Um, all <laughs> right,
2: it's in the corner
0: of making football games exciting,
2: yeah, you know,
0: but um, I mean, it's good for them, but also, I think it's more telling of the Ravens. they just don't know how to finish games this season. they self implode yep. all the way yep. back against Joey's Giants when they were hit by yep. like what, ten in the fourth quarter or something like that, and they end up losing that game. that was like week two or three or something like that, mm-hmm. so like they just haven't been able to stay healthy. They haven't been able to close out, finish out games, whether they're leading or, you know, the chance to win at the end. They just can't do it. So I think it's more so telling about the Ravens. But since you asked about the Jaguars, yeah, they are turning a corner. It's a small, minuscule corner, but it is, it is, a, it is a corner they're turning. So shout out okay. to Trevor Lawrence yeah. down there.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, Joey, what do you think about these Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence? Have they turned a corner? Is this the new Jaguars, new and improved Jaguars, or is it not? <laughs>
2: I think uh, turning the corner is certainly subjective with the with the Jaguars. <laughs> right. If I turn the corner you mean they won't have the the number one pick again, then yeah, sure they they've turned low the bar. Yeah. <laughs> I like Trevor Lawrence. I've liked him uh, a, a, since he was in college. You know, uh, he he played a high school ball here in Georgia too, so um, kind of followed him then too. I like Doug Peterson, despite the atrocity he, he committed against the Giants a few years ago. When he completely (laughs) screwed the game against the Commanders to prevent them from making the playoffs, that was horrible. That was the worst. Remember that
1: very, very clearly. I was so mad
2: online. I was so mad. Doing his
1: job.
2: I I would, I would like to see probably a bit more from them though uh, before I kind of crown them as like a new and improved team. Uh, They're young and they have a lot of potential to get better uh, the next few years, but. Honestly, that's expected when you pick in the top five year after year after year. Sometimes you're going to get lucky and actually draft good talent. Um, <laughs> and sometimes you're going to hire the right coach and, de- and develop that talent. So um, hopefully that's that's the case this time around.
1: Yeah, and, um, and it's, a good, it's a good thing to point out how bad the Ravens are in the second half of games. Obviously, they only have four losses this season, but each of those losses, they were winning at the half. In most mm-hmm. point, most times into the fourth quarter and managed to lose it by uh, less than a score. So um, that says something, I think, about your defense and about who they are. But if you look at who they lost to, I mean, aside from the Jaguars, Dolphins and the Bills and the Giants, all teams that are playoff contenders. So maybe they're not as bad as we think. Their offense, though, looks a little off. I think that mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson looks like he's a step off. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I know you got the best kicker in the NFL, but let's not rely on him so much for field goals. <laughs> let's get some touchdowns. You know, I mean, it just doesn't seem like they're doing what they need to do. And Mark Andrews does not seem right since he came back nope. from injury. There is something wrong with him. Um, you know, it's, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but it, he does not look 100% right. Okay. So Trevor Lawrence, we'll see what happens to him. Hit the, hit the bell on that one. Let's go on to the next topic and talk about the most important games for week 13. So I'm going to put it to you guys this way. I know there are games you want to watch, and I know that Commanders vs. Giants are going to be up there for sure. But, and we're going to talk about that in a second because we already, we already kind of t- touched on that. But are there other games that you think are really important in week 13 to watch? Trev, go ahead and fire away. Uh, I
0: just pulled it up as I'm looking right now. So I think Titans-Eagles is huge. Mhm. Uh-huh. Um, I obviously think that Giants Commanders are huge because that will for sure give us a more of an inkling of the NFC East and playoff picture yeah. on that. So I think that's yeah. huge. Definitely. Um and then uh ers and Dolphins. Oh, that's yes. the, yeah, and that's huge too, to potential yes. playoff games. Uh maybe Super Bowl, who knows? Could be a previous yeah. Super Bowl. Maybe. But crazy maybe. things have so you never yep. know. And then, honestly, uh, Chiefs and Bengals. I'm looking forward to that, too, because yeah. the Bengals started off 0-2, and everybody was freaking out. They've won, what, like seven out of the last nine games now, or something like that. So it was like seven. <laughs> right. I don't know. They're on the streak right now. Jamar Chase is well. healthy. are doing well. And we, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. No matter how they start off the year, they're going to be there at the end of the year. It's Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. They're out of their minds right now, so that should be pretty good. So, yeah, Jamar Chase games.
1: coming back, and and uh, you know, Bengals yeah. been doing it without Jamar Chase, and they did it last He's weekend bad. without Joe Mixon. So, yeah. um, they're yeah, all yeah. coming back theoretically. So, this will be fun. All right, Joey, what do you think? Most important games for Week 13.
2: Yeah, I think uh, actually Bills Patriots tomorrow night has a lot of uh, potential for the playoff yeah. picture. Absolutely, um, the Bills maybe taking a little bit of a lead in the AFC East. Um, it would hurt the Patriots' chances of making the playoffs. And then another AFC East team, the Jets, taking on the Vikings. Uh, it's another matchup between two teams with winning records. Yeah. Um, the Vikings have a chance to maybe gain some ground on the Eagles for the number one seed in the NFC. Like, like Trevor mentioned, the Eagles are taking on the Titans. It's a very losable game for the Eagles,
1: um,
2: mm-hmm. which I love. Um, they've had a very <laughs> easy schedule to this point. <laughs> but very. We'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, besides those two, the, the Dolphins and the Niners, obviously I think it's going to be a fun one with Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan, um, that kind of the first matchup between those two and then Giants-Commanders.
1: Yeah, and I agree with everything that you guys have said um, as well because I had the Chief, Chiefs and Bengals, Dolphins and 49ers, and the Commanders and Giants circled on my calendar. But I'm also looking forward to the Steelers and Falcons because I think that the Falcons, if they want to have a chance at winning the NFC South, they got to win that game. And they got to keep winning because, um, you know, I, I think that Tampa Bay does have the opportunity here to kind of put this behind them, put the put it in the rearview mirror, just forget about the losses because it doesn't really matter because they're in a really weak division. And the Falcons are the only team there that I think can give them a, a run for their money um, at all. I just don't think the Panthers or Saints have any possibility of that. So I'll have my eye on that one as well. All right. So in, in total, lots of terrific games to watch in week 13. Hit the boxing bell. Final topic of the day, guys. Let's give our updated AFC Conference Championship and NFC Conference Championship prediction starting with AFC. Who do you got there, Trev?
0: Wow. Conference Championship, AFC. I'm going to go yep. Chiefs and... Yep. Man, this is tough. I'm going to say the Bills. I don't know why, Ooh. but I just think that Bills just find a way to do it. Okay. I can sure okay. get rid of all the
2: ghosts and stuff that's happening. So uh, Chiefs, Bills right now.
1: Okay. That's a popular choice. What do you think, Joey? It
2: is. Uh, yeah, I hate to to do the same, but uh, my heart my heart wants Bills Chiefs after that divisional game last year, um, leaving 13 seconds on the clock for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> that was one of the all time great games uh, to watch. So hopefully I get to see a rematch in an even bigger game in the conference championship there.
1: All right, and I I got and I haven't moved from last week. I got the Chiefs, but I got the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to make it there for the Chiefs <laughs> in that AFC conference championship game. Book it, guys. Book it. I'm I'm making a guarantee right now. Dolphins and AFC Championship. All right. Let's go to NFC. What do you got, Trev?
0: It's wide open, bro. Wide open. So (laughs) tonight I'm going to say Commanders and, oh, I don't know, Tampa Bay.
1: Tom wow.
0: Brady will so tear up his butt, and they'll just ride right off to the I, sunset
1: into the NFC
0: Championship against Mike. I'm pretty Manchester.
1: sure you put a, put a yeah. bet on that right now. You're going to win big money if they get there. <laughs> i <I'm> just <saying. laughs> The odds of getting that, that so, got to we'll be see. pretty good for you on, in terms of return on investment. What do you got here on the NFC side, Joey?
2: I like the 49ers, um, and as much as I hate to say it, uh, the Cowboys. Uh, I think the the Cowboys are built in a way to take on the Eagles. Uh, That defense is very strong. A lot of talent at corner. Obviously, Micah Parsons is probably the best defensive player in football. Um, I think that matchup on Christmas Eve is going to reveal a lot about both teams. And I think the Cowboys come on up top. You remember in the first matchup, uh, it was kind of a runaway with the Eagles, but Cooper Rush was starting. Um, But now they've got Dak, and he's – pretty much firing on all cylinders. I will yeah. say I have the 49ers winning the game, um, but I, I do like the Cowboys uh, to get there at least.
1: Wow. Okay. And I have, I haven't moved from last week. I have the Eagles and the Buccaneers because I hate it, but I can't bet against Tom Brady. So that's what we got guys in here on the show. Hey, Trev, why don't you give us a social media so people can follow you?
0: Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Trev H-T-T-C, Instagram Trev underscore stores, the Rest of the District Podcast with Nathan and the Stoner, Football Ground yep, and OG Joey tonight. And Woo! also the press commander at, uh, with George Carmi, so I'm everywhere.
1: He All is right. everywhere, guys. Trust me, he, he he's everywhere but he can do it. He can be everywhere at once. That's that's <laughs> what Trev brings to the show. He can bring everything to the show. All right, Joey, what do you got here for us on social media?
2: Yeah, I'm at Joey Libro on Twitter. Um, just always talking about the Giants and random NFL stuff that's going on. Uh, starting to get a little bit into the FanDuel DFS stuff, so maybe I'll start tweeting a little bit more about that as well. Nice.
1: All right. Love nothing like a little bit of DFS. That's always a lot of fun. Uh, so, Joey, thanks for joining us back on the show. It's been fantastic having you on here. We're going to have to get you back on here more often, I think. It's uh, once <laughs> every year and a half. Maybe a little bit too uh, you know irregular. let's try to go for at least once every year. How's that? Let's go at, for at, it. Minimum. <laughs> at minimum. At minimum, alright? We'll we'll start we'll start low. We'll work our way up. Alright, you can find me on Twitter at FB GarbageTime and on Facebook at the F Football Garbage Time page. As usual. Thank you for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL weekend.